Well, hello there. Come on in. Oh, Will, you've got company. Howdy, and welcome to Dawson's Den, brought to you this week by the Will Dairy Company. Remember, with Will, there's way. We're still getting wildfire smoke in our valley, although it has cooled off in recent weeks, and we've even gotten some rain. I'll tell you, it's been so dry, the dairy cows are even giving us powdered milk. Come on in, the door's open. Howdy, Will. Oh, well, Ed Vine, thanks for stopping in. Good of you to stop by, Ed. Folks, Ed is a fencer. You know, those guys that take stolen goods and then sell them to make them look legit? Whoa there, Will. I ain't that kind of fencer. I build fences. Oh, yeah, you build fences. You know, Ed, I found out my next door neighbor had put an electric fence around his house. Your neighbor put an electric fence around his house? Yep. Boy, was it a shock when <laughs> I found out. I bet. Of course, that's not as bad as the fella roaming the neighborhood stealing gates. There's a guy in your neighborhood stealing gates? Yeah, we even know who it is. You know who it is? Why don't you do something about it? Well... No one wants to confront the feller lest he takes offense. <laughs> I see. So, Ed, what does make a good fence? You being a fence builder and all. Well, I guess with anything, you got to start with a good foundation. Braces, ends, corners. Yeah, like anything in life, you got to start with a good foundation. A good foundation. So you you start with the basics then, uh, and that what that's what makes a good fence. That's what makes a good fence. Man, the crew that put it in. Oh, the crew that puts it in. You know, sometimes I just saw on the uh, internet a do-it-yourself fence. So build a fence yourself. Uh, would you recommend um, people just building their own fences, or is there an advantage to going to a professional fence builder? Well, be honest with you, I've I've seen some of those do-it-yourselfers, and be honest, some of them are good. And then again, by the time I tear it apart and redo it, it costs them twice as much for me to do it right. So it's kind of depending on um, your confidence in your own abilities and skills, uh, whether in taking into account making the decision whether to do it yourself or get a professional fence builder like yourself. Yeah, I guess if you're just starting out, I'd get someone that actually knows what they're doing. Is it, um, you know, maybe some people think they just dig a bunch of holes and they stick posts in the ground and, and throw it up there. But uh, I imagine there's more to it than uh, just that. Well, not only... Uh, types of fence you got to worry about 
neighbors, dogs, kids, what holds them in, and pleasing the uh, person that's going to pay for it. And that's usually the wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, what kind of different fences do you put in yourself or do you have a call for? Well, uh, here recently we've had a call for what they uh, call wrought iron fence or uh, luma guard, uh, basically security fences around the houses themselves. Okay. Are, there, are we talking about big 12-foot high security fences or what are we talking about here? No, nah, these are uh, standard. They run in anywhere from uh, four foot high to six foot high, six foot being the uh, most uh, put in. Okay, a six foot high fence. And you work in an area, I understand, Ed, that um, is getting a lot of new houses. So has that been driving uh, more interest in fences? Well, I think what's driving the more interest is the amount of uh, different people moving into Sheridan County and uh, they want the security uh, of that fence uh, around their house, either for their uh, pets themselves or for their kids. Now, um, you, you talk about security fences uh, around houses, but you build other kind of fences, don't you? Oh, we do. Uh, we do uh, agriculture and uh, pasture fence, uh, anywhere from bob wire to uh, crow pole fence, uh, Basically everything. Basically everything. You said the agricultural fence. So what, what are they, growing fences, agriculture? What are we talking here? Well, it's a lack of water around here. I doubt you're growing much. But uh, no, uh, bob wire, uh, you know, pasture fence like that, separating pastures. Or, uh, a lot of it now is uh, new owners and uh, property lines. A lot of those property lines way back when were, what they call convenient fences, uh, they were never on the property line. So once they get them surveyed, then you got a lot of fence that's uh, offline. Okay, so uh, convenience fences, meaning um, they did not put them right on the property line from the get-go, but after a while it was accepted that that's where the line was? How does that work? Yeah, correct. It was usually a, uh, a mutual agreement between the landowners. And it, like you look down a draw and rim rocks and brush and like, I don't want to go down there. Uh, far as the maintenance go on the fence also, uh, they kept it on the flats and the high places. Oh, okay. Uh, also, you know, some people who are listening today, they, they you refer to pasture fence or what are what are we talking here? Barbed wire, smooth wire. What what's the point of those kinds of fences? Well, typically, if you have sheep, then you'd have what they'd call a sheep type fence, which is uh, woven wire. Uh, if you've got cattle, uh, typically a five strand bob wire fence. If you have horses exclusively and no cattle, then sometimes you can get away with a pole fence and a uh, line of uh, smooth wire, uh, that type of thing. It all depends on what critter you're trying to keep in there. Okay, so there's uh, different fences for different purposes, and uh, barbed wire is mostly used for? Uh, cattle. Cattle, okay, and uh, smooth wire would mostly be used for? I uh, you're looking at uh, horses. 
horses, okay? And you, you already talked about the, the uh, sheep type fence, that woven wire. Well, that's mighty interesting, Ed. Let's pause for a moment for a commercial from the Will Dairy Company. And now, a word from the Will Dairy Company. Folks, some companies like to talk about milk from contented California cows. Well, at the Will Dairy, the cows ain't from California, and they sure ain't contented. No, sir. At the Will Dairy, they don't have any of them sissy, double, skinny, latte milk cows that are all the rage with them fancy city dudes in New York City or San Francisco. Nope. Their cows are real Western stock. They still got some fight in them. Hang on to her, boys! Of course, it makes them harder to milk. But we think it's worth it. Sure, will dairy milk may be more expensive, what with the doctor bills and all, but they produce real milk for real men. So, if you are looking for the milk and cheese favored by sailors, miners, and cowboys everywhere, try products from the Will Dairy Company. The Will Dairy. Remember, where there's will, there's way. We're back with Ed Vine of Vine Fencing. And Ed, what are some reasons folks want fences? Well... I suppose one of the main reasons they want fence is to say, this is my property. Uh, comes down to protection, their kids, their dogs. A lot of it comes to privacy, which involves, well, say vinyl fencing, or a lot of people call it plastic, but it's not plastic, it's vinyl. And that can be, you know, four to six foot and solid. So you have the actual privacy and security of your house. Okay, so we, we had talked earlier about uh, barbed wire fence, woven wire fence, smooth wire fence. Uh, so in these privacy, what kind of privacy fences? We have these uh, vinyl fences and um, cedar? Yes, cedar. Uh, recently, we've gone away from the uh, standard four by four wood posts and we're putting it on what they call a drill stamp steel, uh, pretty heavy steel pipe. And we have no blowover or rotting post for one thing. Uh, it's basically a permanent uh, uh, installation and low maintenance with the uh, steel structure. So these um, drill stems, they're like steel posts? Correct. Uh, they're basically reclaimed uh, piping out of the methane wells here around uh, Sheridan County. Uh, they're pulling those wells, and uh, we found a good salvage for the uh, pipe. So you're reusing the, this pipe that otherwise might have gone to waste. Correct. Uh, back in the oh, late 80s, that's exactly what happened to it. It laid in the field and basically rusted away. Uh, but now they've found a use for it. And of course, with that comes the use, comes the inflated prices that it's beginning to cost. 
oh, now, now people are charging more for this pipe because uh, somebody wants it. Correct. Yeah, it's supply and demand. It, uh, it's like everything. But uh, the advantages are not only uh, it's environmentally friendly, but uh, as you said, they, they, um, they don't rot out. Uh, then that uh, helps prevent the fence from blowing over. That's what you meant by blowovers? Uh, correct. Uh, we're experiencing the last few, three, four years here in Sheridan County, Sheridan in itself, uh, increasing wind speeds. So I have a lot of repairs on old fences that uh, had originally had the four by four wood posts and uh, they just blow over, break off, blow over. But this uh, recycled drill stem pipe, uh, that prevents it? Correct. It does. So that sounds like a good, uh, good option. Well, it seems fences are pretty darn important. Um, you bet. Ed, you know, it looks like it's time for listener question and answer period and also the Critter Corner. The answer is no. Questions where the answer is almost always no. Yep, it's time for the answer is no. Miffed in Mississippi writes, Dear Will, last month our trip to Yellowstone was cut short when we were informed they do not cage the animals up at night for our safety. This is inexcusable. Can anything be done about it? The answer is no. Dear Mift, Yellowstone is full of wildlife. Wildlife. And wild animals are not caged at night. Really. Remember, you are more likely to be killed in Chicago than in Yellowstone Park. Uncomfortable in Utah says, Dear Will, Last week we were driving through Wyoming when my eight-year-old son needed to relieve himself. There wasn't a gas station or rest area for a hundred miles. Can you talk to the highway department and ask them to build more rest areas? The answer is no. Well, uncomfortable, there are more antelope in Wyoming than people, and that fact suits its residents just fine. It means there's a lot of open space and the roadways are not cluttered up with gas stations, curio shops, highway bric-a-brac, and restrooms. But I do have a solution for you. You see, other than in towns that prohibit it, public urination is not illegal in Wyoming. Of course, you may wish to use some discretion. Men, for example, will often carefully position themselves behind their pickup to um, uh, water their truck. So if you've ever wondered what those cowboys were doing standing behind their trucks along the road, wonder no longer. If you have a question for me, feel free to pass it along. The answer just might be no. When most people think of mice, they picture timid little creatures feasting on seeds and vegetation. But one mouse is hardly timid and it rarely eats plants. We're talking about the northern grasshopper mouse, or Onychomys leucogaster, as it is known to wildlife biologists. 
This carnivorous rodent is an agile little predator that takes on prey as large, if not larger, than themselves. Their diet consists of insects, worms, spiders, and even other mice. Grasshopper mice stalk their prey much like a cat, rushing in to seize their victim and dispatching their next meal with a bite to the head. Rather than a meek little mouse, it is more like a tiny tiger of the plains. Northern grasshopper mice I found in grasslands and sagebrush deserts from southern Canada to Mexico. Because they are predators, they tend to have lower population densities than other small mammals, and their home ranges may be as large as 28 acres. They prefer sandy or silty soils to construct their burrows, although they are not above appropriating burrows made by other small mammals. Like the tigers they are, grasshopper mice are mostly solitary, although they will pair up for breeding and caring for their young. The males help care for the young until the pups are weaned about three weeks after birth. Occasionally, male-female pairs may stay together throughout the year. Grasshopper mice have another curious habit besides their propensity for meat. They howl. They stand on their hind legs, point their noses in the air, and pierce the night with a high-pitched whistle to communicate with another or declare territorial ownership. This howling behavior, which can be heard from 100 yards away, has earned the grasshopper mouse the nickname Wolf Mouse. Northern grasshopper mice are about four and three quarters inches long. Adults are reddish brown with a white belly, legs, and feet. The fur in youngsters and old geezer mice are grayish. Long curved claws on the front feet are useful for catching and holding prey. The next time you are out on the prairie, look out for the tiny tiger of the plains the northern grasshopper mouse. Well, thanks for stopping by today, Ed. You know, one thing folks might not know about you is that you are an author, and I can't wait to talk about your book in our next episode. Folks, we'd be mighty grateful if you would help us keep the lights on here in Dawson's Den. So please, click the Contribute button, and make a contribution. Till next time, happy trails, and keep smiling till we meet again in the den. That's Dawson's Den.